If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to Sci-Fi Wires from the Con Podcast, and this is our daily New York City Comic-Con recap show. What's going, Con? I'm Sci-Fi Wires' Brian Silliman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sci-Fi Wires' Caramahorn, a.k.a. the Blurred Girl, a.k.a. you know it, do I even need to say it, my favorite person, not even on Earth, in the universe, in existence, Karama, what's going con? Today, we're breaking down all of the hottest news and moments from New York Comic Con Day 4. It is the end. We have achieved the end we are in the end game now and we are now we i don't have, want the end game they die we have we have finished as picard <laughs> says like i don't want the game to end but the game this is this is officially the end of our game is this it is, is. This little rap session so it is but it's been fun and for yeah. those of you who think it sounds strange I have lost most of my voice yeah. from yelling We've on the also live been, stage. On our on our way over back to home base from the Javits, we were talking like nonstop, like we gibbering cats. Yeah. So it's like that didn't help either. <coughs> anyway, so Karama, news for the day. You had some interesting news that you were just telling me about. What's going on? No, there was a honestly, we had a very very uh, busy live stage. Um, all kinds of people came through, but of course, my favorite was the chance to sit down with Triple Hugo Award winner, uh, winning writer, author, N.K. Jemison. Yes. Who has a uh, new book uh, coming out, new comic coming out through DC Comics. And I should say DC Young Animal. It's the YA. Young Animal. Young Animal. Okay. Uh, and it's called Far Sector, and it is in the Green Lantern universe. What is fascinating to me is the fact that the way she got the book was that Gerard Way called her up and was like, listen, you should probably do a thing. That's, that's a pretty good call to get. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but the funny thing is that she wasn't quite sure who he was at first. <laughs> wasn't it's quite like, sure. And this is? Right. <laughs> and she was she was a, more of an animated series fan versus a comic book fan. Okay. So yeah. she remember only remembers... Dwayne McDuffie's version of Green Lantern, who was Jon Stewart, because Jon Stewart was who right. made it to TV first. Right. And right. so when she went to the movie, she was like, who, who, who is Hal Jordan? I don't know. <laughs> so and, it was really hilarious. And I assume she's since found out. Oh, absolutely. Because she, she, she couldn't read, be writing she read the like, book. Like, there was like five, what do you think? Like five major Hal yeah. Jordan. Yeah. But like, she, her, um, she likes Gardner, though. She likes, she likes Guy Gardner. Yeah. She likes Guy Gardner. The, oh, okay. Some love for Guy Gardner. Yeah. It was That's interesting. Cool. But, they are not in this book. No, who um, is? Who is the lantern in this book? <laughs> um, the lantern in this book is a young lady by the name of Sojourner Moline. Sojourner Joe Moline. And she's actually, it's fascinating. What she did was she basically wrote a Green Lantern story that takes place in our timeline, but in another, almost in another universe. Ergo, Far Sector. 
So it's fascinating. So this is a woman who was a former NYPD cop, remembers Eric Garner, remembers all the things that happened actually in real life, but through the magic of comic books, um, ends up joining the Green Lantern Corps and was is fired from the NYPD, ends up joining the Green Lantern Corps and is put on a planet in a far sector that uh, many different ethnic groups and things out there, but the most interesting thing about it is because of a series of events, which I will not spoil, they have eradicated emotion. So they have purposely eradicated emotion from the population. But something's gone wrong, and there's a bunch of passion crimes being that are happening. Mm-hmm. And so she is brought in almost like, it's almost like it's a whole bunch of Spocks, and they need somebody with emotion to show up. And we don't know what to do because we have not been poisoned by emotions like these people. I, I don't know why you cry. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's sort of one of those like, hey, you are an earthling and a black woman, so you must be the most emotional person out in the galaxy. Not knowing that they've been taught that it's like, <laughs> you can't, you're, you can't really, <laughs> exactly. you're not allowed to exist that way. So she goes from the frying pan into the fire, so to speak. Oh my God, And yeah. she is now part of it's the- It's like, you know what you've been trained to do your whole life? Now do the opposite. Right, so oh she's actually God. the only lantern in this sector, her like very first assignment. And it's fascinating. She's got a, it's almost like a little a, a mystery wrapped within a enigma. <laughs> well, that sounds fascinating. It also sounds really like an important if it's it's a, for a, for a YA imprint. It or was something for young people to read. Yeah, and it's going to an come out in twenty twenty. She's very very clear on wanting to show real people need to see real life things in their fantasy. But pe- yeah. the, the the people that don't know her work don't realize that she does this all the time. Right, like the Broken Earth series is absolutely fantasy. But some of the things that the people are dealing with are so very real. Well, that's what genre does so well. And I think a lot of panels this con have talked about that. Definitely talked about that at Trek. It came up time and time again. Trek was amazing. We're holding a mirror up to the real world. And yeah, we're using a fantastical mask. But that's what art does. That's what all art does. But genre does it so well. And we can, through these fantastical scenarios, whatever, we're telling real stories, you know, not... Uh, I mean, Guillermo del Toro has always said, he's like, I don't deal in fantasy, I tell stories. And he's right, I mean, that's his thing. And and that has always stuck with me. And there's always something real yeah. in all of his work. And I just got that vibe from what you were saying. I'll yeah. be picking that up, because that sounds fascinating. It sounds like something everyone could learn from. On the other side of the spectrum, but something also that I think people can learn from in a different way, a show that's all about joy. I was at the giant She-Ra and the Princesses of Power panel today. This was big. This was like the the, the big she, panel in the she big room. is huge. I mean, literally they even... love it. The fans were... Everyone was cosplaying. They were loving it. And it was great for a number of reasons. For one thing, they showed the first episode from season four. Uh-oh. I, yeah, so, I'm, so I'm watching this. And the crowd is going nuts. This crowd... I, I can't spoil anything about the actual episode, but they love Katra, is huge. Well, Catcher's always been she's huge, but Catcher now she's like, full yeah. baddie now, I think. She popped up and the audience went nuts. It was interesting watching it with, and they had never sh- watched it. Noelle Stevenson was also there as, as a lot of the cast. They had never watched an episode along live with the cast before. Oh, so that was oh, okay. a cool experience for them. But the thing is, nobody's going to have to wait very long to see this premiere because it's they revealed the release date. 13 mm-hmm. episodes, season four, is going to be released November 5th. Oh, that's Which really is quick. Not that far away. Um and in and they showed a teaser 
as well, which um, in addition to, there's also going to be a, a, um, uh, some fun character-centric episodes that they showed. But the show to teaser and that is online now. Shira is not a sword. Shira is you. For the honor of Grayskull! Um, and there was a fun character that they included in the teaser. The character Double Trouble. Is yes. a Shira was a Shira action figure. Oh my god! That, ne- that a resident Shira expert, Jesse, yes, told me. Um, well, through Twitter, that this character was an action figure only, but never ended up on the show. When- a, for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, we have a producer here at Sci-Fi Wire who is literally. You have friends and fans out there who are fans of like a comic or yeah. a anime. No, this man knows literally everything there is to know about Shira. Yeah, chapter and verse, every episode, every line, what they wore, what their jewelry was, how their hair sty- hair so was styled. I'm in the chat session with him and about like our whole social team giving them the play by play of everything that happened. And the minute I wrote new character double trouble, it was the only time he wrote he, in all caps. Double trouble? Oh my god! It was like, and I was like, okay, this must be a big deal. And then he told me it's just a figure, or whatever. Now it's finally finding their way into the cartoon. That was exciting for everybody. But the passion on display was really something to see. It was, and also just one more thing about Double Trouble that's interesting: the majority of the shows that were out then, Shira, He-Man, and stuff, late seventies, early eighties. They were created for one reason, to sell toys. To sell toys. So it's it's very significant that they're taking a toy that was never in the animated series yeah. and putting it in there because it never goes that way. Right. No, it always goes the other way around. And I'm sure it'll flip back the other way around as well. But it's, it's you know, I guess maybe if, if that, if the original She-Ra had stayed on a little longer, that character would have been on there. I was trying to think if there are any random He-Man figures that never made it on, but I think they pretty much all made it on. There's a there's a really great documentary about toys and all this. The toys that made us. Oh yeah, the, the He Man was fascinating. They're like so fascinating. Yeah, we we had the toys first, and then we made the comics, and then we just made the show because we had something to do with. I was like, that explains a lot. It does, it does explains why some people's heads don't look like they belong in their bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little little things like that. Why some some people just don't need to wear shirts. It's like I got this harness. E- that's ever? enough. Right. I've I have tried for for audience. I know you're thinking it. I've tried to pull off the look and. I failed. But no, maybe nobody, nobody was thinking that. Yeah, no, but thank you. Also now that we can't well, unsee well, it. You're thinking it now. Yeah. Um, Karama, aside Scarred. from that. Um, <laughs> moments. Favorite moment for the day. You had a funny uh, thing happen to you on the way to the forum. Um, I, d- I did. So uh, tell me about it. Well, basically what happened was um, I know David Ajala. Um, those of you who know who now, he was playing now playing Cleveland Booker in yes. season three of Star Trek playing Discovery. Cleveland Booker on um, Star Trek Discovery and this season. And um, he was uh, Manchester Black on uh, Supergirl. And Supergirl. Be- before that, he actually starred in a sci fi show called Night Flyers. Seen it. And a lot of people don't realize he was also in Dark Knight. Yeah. A, a while ago. So anyway, I friends with him since doing the panel at San Diego um, a year or so ago and he was like hey I'm coming by the stage we're gonna come by the Star Trek booth and then on our show floor we actually have a Discovery costume booth that was right by our stage so I'm thinking he's I'm gonna come out and say hi really quick and he's gonna be with his you know his CBS Star Trek people and no I come out David Ajala is in incognito he's baseball cap and backpack and he's gonna walk around and be a civilian without a handler 
And guess who played Handler? That would be me. I'm guessing it's you. Yeah. So he was like, yes, I want to see the con. Let's go. And I'm like, um, this, okay, this is happening. So I showed Cleveland Booker the, uh, the, you but, were his, you were the kind of his Michael Burnham. I was like in the trailer, yeah. and I looked at him like he was crazy, just like Michael Burnham. <laughs> um, what was really, he's not going to be able to get away with that at this con next year? No, he won't, and I'll tell you why. He's practically completely naked. Spoiler in one of the early episodes. So yeah, you oh, don't get to oh, walk around the con again. Oh, Discovery or yeah. Supergirl? No, Discovery. Oh, Discovery. Well, everyone look forward to that. Yes. Um, um, he can wear a harness. I'm not worried. Anyway, he could. Pull so, it off. <laughs> so we're so basically, we he never knew about Artist Alley, like he never knew where it was or anything wow. like that. Did he so, have anybody that he would like uh, a favorite artist that he'd really want to meet there? Well, he did, and we have. It was it was like magic. I was so impressed, and I was like, oh god, he's gonna think I can do this all the time, and I can't. He's a <laughs> fan of Bitter Root, which is written by David Walker and Sanford Green, which was just optioned last week um, by. The the director of Black Panther, Ryan Coogler, and his wife, they just options it. So he's like, oh, I'd love to see them. Who walks around the corner? David Walker. And then he's like, oh, let's go over to the table where Sanford Green is holding court. And then did you say, it's like, let's see if I can make it happen again. Naomi Watts. And she just walks around the corner. No, but what like- was really funny, though, was the guys that I interviewed on the live stage, um, DJ Kirkland and, and uh, David, they were all from um, Black Mage. They were like two two stops down, I should say. It was just really, really funny. So, And he was fascinated by like, why all of these great comics, why are they down here in the basement? And it was really weird because I felt this year that Artist Alley was not in the right place. It wasn't. It was also because also like, that's what this is. This is like, a comic convention. This is Comic Con. And it's, right. we've gotten so far away from that over the years. But this is the whole point, the living, breathing heart of it. Yeah. So um, it was amazing. It was very, very funny. It was also hilarious getting back to the Star Trek booth and his publicist standing there fuming. Like, and I was like, where have you been, David? Right. And I was like, you didn't tell them where you went, did you? He was like. No, I guess he he left his communicator in the turbo lift. Yeah, basically. Like but what was really fascinating, though, and I, I'll leave you with this, was when I first stepped out from behind the curtain at Sci-Fi, and I was going to the booth. He was standing, and it took me a minute to realize I was I was there later when I f- sorted this out. I couldn't figure out what he was looking at. When he left, I went back around to where I saw him first standing. He was standing there staring at his own outfit. From the first episode of Discovery that they had in glass. And the one that he actually wanted. Yeah, and he was basically looking at it in wonder, like, this has happening. This is really That's, that's kind of cool to watch. It it's was like, very cool. At this point, because he's, he's right at that stage where he's a he's like... He's on the cusp. This close to blowing up. Yeah. Discovery, between, Discovery comes and, and he's he's going to he's gonna blow up, like, yeah. open wide. Yeah. And so to have that moment, the calm right before the storm... And it's still magical, and he's looking at the suit, and it's like, oh my god, this thing I wore on set and sweated in, probably bled in, you know, they're on the rocks or whatever, is now like being presented as if it's in the Smithsonian. Yeah. You know, or something like that. That's got to be and a he was stunned. It was. It was. And he was like literally like giddy, like this is happening. And so yeah. it's really funny because we always see, we forget the humanity behind yeah. a lot of these stars because they're, they're, like I said, handlers and panels and things like that. But he was really like yeah, us stars. We're just like you. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and that is my special moment of the day. No, well, that I have nothing to top it. Um, well, we're gonna take a break, uh, but stick right there. Karama and I will be right back with more. What's going con from day four? Stay tuned. 
Oh, my God. Karam, I can't believe you did that. Oh, my God. God. See, look, anyway. see, that's how you get your name spelled it's, wrong. It's, it's it's scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about the con overall, Karama. Like, what's going con? Master edition. Day oh, one, two, three, four. Overall thoughts on the con. What's going con? Um, overall, I feel like it was almost con in reverse. I felt like Thursday had a lot of people. Yeah. And then getting down to Saturday, Sunday, it was like, not as much. Now, Saturday had its craziness. Sa- Saturday was big with, with Star Trek and Outlander yeah. were both huge. And that was, you know, per, per like I was in the thick of all of that. That was craziness, witnessing all of that fandom. And t- two Star Trek trailers at once is, is going to be big. It's a lot. But it wasn't like it was then followed by, and here's the announcement of 16 MCU movies. Or, I mean, last year's con... Um, the Sunday ended with the Doctor Who premiere with Jodie Whittaker. With Jodie Whittaker. The, the whole, also, my whole con was building up to that. Also, it was really weird. I feel like D23 kind of put a damper on this it's because normally... Its, yeah, it's become its own separate Comic-Con. Yeah, because normally all the Disney stuff is announced at New York Comic-Con yeah. for Christmas and all the stuff. D23 is like, nope, They're we got like, a streaming yep. service, we got a convention, and we've got 150 channels we're going to throw at you. And so it's like, here's Rise of Skywalker stuff and Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, and it's like, oh my God, this is tur- this is another... Com- this is pretty much another Comic-Con. Yeah, Loki's getting his own show. And between and- that and, and TCA's as well, there's just been so much... that so They've had to parse this out a little bit so i mean i guess it's um by the time we get to new york comic-con there's not as much in terms of you know big ticket news it's just because last year there was a lot of big high i mean dc universe was just becoming a thing so they're really hyping that and they still Mm, are are. um uh jacob aller on the news team saw the uh harley quinn the premiere of that and he was raving to me about it. Also, the other highlight was when they just rolled in the Birds of Prey. I mean, yeah, we're we not the about Birds that, of Prey, but who, well, I I also don't again. I don't think that's the full name of that movie. You know what? I'm we're not, not going to do that bit again because I don't I'm, have the energy. Yeah, we're not going to do it. <laughs> and I would like to point out for any of our listeners that listened to day three that we did not read that. We did that off the top of yes, our we heads, did, and we are very proud about it. Anyway. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are very very proud. But you know what? You know what is remains evergreen with the cons. And I'll say this. It's like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of big ticket news, a lot of dropping like that. But it is still massive. Oh, it is absolutely still massive. You know what is what never changes is the enthusiasm and the love. When these people love something so much, it's like you might not be as familiar with it, but the love is infectious. Yeah. So like I haven't seen every episode of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. I am ready to go and watch every single episode now because they loved it so much. And from what I saw, I'm like, wow, this really, this this really is a lot of fun. And no, it's really along it, with it. it's funny that you say that Even because I completely have, spoiled now for a lot. I was going to say, know. but I think it's funny that you said that because I've never watched an episode of Outlander, and after seeing these fans. Oh my at, god, that was the, something. At the yes, I was like, okay, I wasn't at the one that you were at where they, the 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 couple got married. But you were at the crazy one on the live on the stage. live stage. I mean, you couldn't move. It was, I mean, yeah. behind stage or out, uh, you know, on the on the floor. It was nuts. Yeah, and so you're a little bit of a Sassanac to Outlander, you could say. Um, um, okay. Fans will understand that. Okay, I don't know. Am what I right, that means. big Outlander? <laughs> no, they'll get it. Um, <laughs> But uh, but all the all the comic stuff that happened on the stage was amazing. Yeah. Um. Some of the stuff happening behind the scenes. You know what I really liked was what our little social wall because we were having people take pictures backstage and they yeah. just got. It went from everything from people 
reliving their yearbook photos. <laughs> Which to, is something. I to, saw you with a big a big dice. Yes, it was yeah. a it was a yes, it was a die. It was a die. It was a twenty sided <laughs> die. Yes, it was. And what a lovely photo it was. Thank you, thank yeah. you so much. I need that. Yeah, I need that filter to follow me everywhere. Yeah, um, I'm working on the, it. <laughs> so the. Yeah, that was great. Bill Sienkiewicz showed up and, and drew on the live stage, not on the stage, on a piece of paper, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And there was, I think the only thing that did bother me is what I just mentioned before the break, which was I really wish Artist Alley was um, promoted more because yeah. inside the building, people had a hard time finding it. Yeah. But once you did, all these amazing people were down there right. and they were doing some incredible, incredible stuff. So... And that's that's the thing. I think not that not that that's a smaller thing, but yeah. a, a, a classic and cherished comic book artist like that, just drawing a little picture right in front of you, is as amazing as say Marvel announcing sixteen movies or at once. The Expanse it's, cast yeah, showing it's, up. It's a lot. It's smaller in scope, but it can have the same power. But also, it's actually where the con started. Yeah, it's it's the genesis of this whole thing. It's, like, yeah. it's Comic Con, obviously. It's like so. It's uh, it's it's kind of going back to the roots and the reason why we're all here. But it's it's it and yeah and they, and but they're not to belittle the news. There was I mean any any time you get two Star Trek trailers, yeah, is something. I mean the fact that I mean I guess I think we were talking about last year was Doctor Who was a big thing. I think yeah. the fact that Picard is like just that big for everybody. Like yeah, he's coming it, back. It was amazing. And it was a second trailer for it. The thing is, it didn't have the punch that because it at San Diego. If that trailer we hadn't was like, seen anything. we didn't know Data it was, was a teaser. Back. We yeah. didn't know Seven of Nine was coming back. So it was like, oh my God. We didn't know the dog was coming back. Yeah, the scope <laughs> of all of this is these are going to have all these legacy characters. We knew all that. There was no like, oh, and also, by the way, Cisco is back. It's like that would have blown the cons lid off. You yeah. Know? There wasn't a moment like that, but there was still Patrick Stewart. Because that was my favorite just, Star Trek. Uh, mine too. That's what we have in common. Um, the Cisco was a Bajor. Um, yes. But, um, you know, and it's, it's still, but though there was a lovely moment where a fan asked, um, speaking, speaking on this, there was a fan, uh, a fan asked Alex Kurtzman if, you know, if between Picard and Discovery, since they're both going into the future, if there's a way, um, and this happened recently, dearly departed, um, member of the Deep Space Nine cast, Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog, um, died, um, unfortunately, Very recently, yeah. and he was young, and, it, and he was just a sweet, wonderful guy that everyone loved, and kind of the heart of the fandom in a lot of ways. And it was really upsetting. And a fan asked, "Is there?" And the the make Captain Nog happen has been a thing for a while. It was even brought up in the What We Left Behind documentary that came out recently. And asked, he so badly wanted this join Starfleet. Yeah, so and he badly. does his arc on that show is amazing. From yeah. this thief to lieutenant in Starfleet, the first Ferengi in Starfleet. And so they were like, is there any way you could possibly bring Captain Nog into the show, even if it's just you see a picture or something or something someone says like Captain Nog back yeah. in the day. And Kurtzman said, we're looking into every opportunity. Like if we can make that happen, we will. And he said it with utter, utter sincerity because they know how much he's loved. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, it was very nice, and and I and I hope they make that happen because he was like just the beating heart of so much DS Nine fandom. He was. Um. But and so there were a lot of lovely. Were there a lot of big news drops? No. But there were a lot of wonderful, heartfelt moments where any time that this many fans dressed up and whatever the hell you, if you just threw it together that morning or spent a year making it, um, 
you know, we can all come together and celebrate these stories that we love so much. And that is, is, is itself, you know, that's, that's a wonderful thing. It is. And I also think that, um, again, we mentioned this in one of the previous episodes, sometimes you forget what it's about. And when you see some amazing cosplay or some kid light up, um, because of, I, I, I took a picture of a little baby super girl. She was adorable. Yeah. I mean, like all these kids that are so excited to be there. And then also a lot of callbacks. It was weird thinking that like Angel, we had the cast of Angel. Yeah. On Tw the 20 years after the, after, well, not today, but yeah. uh, not on day four. No, but, but I mean like Batman Beyond, uh, Yeah, you know, and it was just, so there's also not just stars of things coming new, but it was a lot of people were showing up for that stuff. Celebration was, of the past. Yeah, because it was like, oh my God, I love that. What happened? And of course, the question always is, well, you're going to reboot it? Yeah. And it's the thing is, well, Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis is already appearing in um, Brian Bendis's uh, Legion of Superheroes. He makes yes. an appearance in the first one of that, which was exciting. And it goes back to what we were saying before as well, that for a girl dressed as, a young girl dressed as Supergirl like that, what is she going to take? What does Supergirl stand for? Wonderful things that any human being would 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 be great to 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 embody. These stories, yes, they're about wizards and spaceships, but in these times, they can be a light in darkness that can give us examples of how to do the next right thing, how yeah. to take the next right action, and that is important. Yes, we have a duty, you might say. Oh my God. You're trying to kill the producer. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I felt like I was getting a little soapboxy, and so I had to take it back. Oh, my God. For, for listeners, he's just smiling at this point. Yeah, he's, yesterday we almost is, killed him. He really just wants us to <laughs> shut up at this point. So, Karen, a final thought on the con in general before I wrap us up. In general, um, you know what's funny? It's I, I really feel like this year it wasn't about the big stuff. Yeah. It was about what I what I used to think of of the cons. Mm -hmm. Like it was about the comics. It was about the artists and mm -hmm. it was about the individuals. I saw more individuals and I spoke to more individuals this year than I have in any other year. So. And that's kind of what uh, something New York really excels at. Yeah. It's that individual one-on-one -on -one thing. It's like you again, you might not get 24 Marvel info dumps, but you might get an amazing hour of Marv Wolfman talking about Teen Titans yep. or something or saying something like last year you said Superman is the ultimate immigrant. Yeah. You know, you could get a little tidbit like that. With Chris, And then Chris Claremont came back this year and said the X-Men right. were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's 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 wonderful like that. Well, I want to thank you so much, Karima, for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. And for tolerating me and everything else. Um. And thank our listeners as well. Please like, subscribe, give five stars. If you think we're, I'm not going to plead with you for five stars. If you think that we're worth it, do it. If you think we're worth four, give us that. No, 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 no. Don't give us, us five. Off. We're trying to get more work here, man. Okay. okay. You're doing it wrong. All right. Fair enough. I was trying to be, uh, I was trying to be honorable, but you know, honor is just a word and words are wind, I guess. So anyway, <laughs> um, but you know, if you, we might be done, you know, with what's going on, but there is so much more going on in terms of Sci-Fi Wire podcasting. We have our regular ongoing shows that you should really check out if you don't already. If you're listening to this, you probably already listened to them. But there's Fandom Files, um, which is a weekly podcast hosted by Jordan Zachary and Emily Gadette. There is 
a six-part series celebrating the 15th anniversary of Lost. There is also Who Won the Week, of course, yes, which Karama, I believe you're involved with that one. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much more on there. And the great thing is there is surprises to come. There is a lot more in store. We can't really reveal or talk about what it is yet, but there are things coming. Karama, you know, podcasting-wise... You know what? You know what's happening. You know what what's I'm happening? feeling. What are you? Are you. I don't know the if I want this. Oh is yet my to come. God, babe, won't it be fun? I knew this was happening. You came along and everything started to hum. You don't have Still, to do it's verses. a real good bet. You don't the really best, have to. The best is yet okay. to come. I the best know. is yet to come. I Sing know. it with the end with me. Come on. The best is yet to come. Come the day. Oh, mine. And she's dead. I have killed Karama. The blurred girl is no more. She's not having it. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, that was such an ill conceived bit. And so many of the lyrics were wrong. Anyway, to take us out in true Cisco style, thank you for listening to What's Going Con. I think we covered everything that was going con and more. But wherever our destinies and paths might lead from this moment forth. A part of us, a very important part, will always remain here at New York Comic Con 2019. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Stay hydrated.